Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Wednesday, March 1st. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And it includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Maya Sargent. And I'm Taylor Massetta. Let's find out what's what near you. Pharmaceutical giant Eli Lilly announced this morning that they will be reducing their insulin prices by 70%. The company has promised to cap out-of-pocket costs for the medication at $35 per month. This will be effective immediately. Insulin is a necessary daily requirement for people with diabetes, a condition that affects over 30 million people in the United States. In a statement today, Eli Lilly announced that they won't stop until all people with diabetes are in control of their disease and can get the insulin that they need. The company is encouraging people without insurance to visit insulinaffordability.com to find out more about the Lilly insulin offer. New York City has agreed to pay out over $21,000 to each of the protesters that were involved in a confrontation in June of 2020. The legal settlement pertains to an incident in Mott Haven in the Bronx, where around 300 people were arrested while protesting. They were advocating peacefully in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. Police officers stopped the protesters from leaving by restraining them with plastic handcuffs, batons, and pepper spray. The class action could force the city to pay out between $4 million and $6 million in total. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy proposed his new $53 billion budget yesterday. This is the highest the budget has ever been. Governor Murphy has increased funding for education from kindergarten through high school and has allocated additional funds for affordable housing. For the third consecutive year, the governor said there are no new taxes. He has also reduced taxes for working and middle-class families. The final budget will be confirmed by lawmakers before July 1st. When you gotta go, you gotta go. But New York City is one of the hardest places to find a public restroom. The Parks Department is now providing some relief. They're installing five new public restrooms in parks, one for each borough. Each bathroom will be a single occupancy and have a hand-washing station outside. This week, the happiest cities in the United States were announced. New York City landed in at number 57 and Yonkers at number 18. The study ranked 182 cities and is based on 30 indicators of happiness, including depression rates, income growth, and leisure time. March begins Girl Scout cookie season and with a new season brings a new cookie. The Raspberry Rally is only available on the Girl Scout website, but once it's gone, it's gone. All proceeds stay in the city to help fund the Girl Scout leadership experience or directly to the troops for their activities. If delicious cookies aren't for you, you can always donate. All donated cookies will be going to food pantries around the city. Paul McCartney has decided to donate the iconic Beatles song, When I'm 64. But it's to a group you might not expect. When I get older, losing my hair, many years from The song will now be used in a new Save the Chimps campaign airing on PBS today. The initiative will support chimpanzees in Fort Pierce, Florida. McCartney said that the donation felt right because chimps can often live past the age of 60. In fact, many of the chimps in Fort Pierce are over the age of 60. Will you still feed me when I'm 64? And some light entertainment history for you. On this day in 1973, Pink Floyd's iconic album, The Dark Side of the Moon, made its debut on U.S. charts. The album would be released in the UK just over two weeks later. Big news for Rangers fans! 
The Chicago Blackhawks star Patrick Kane is coming to New York. The Rangers sent two draft picks to the Blackhawks in exchange for the right winger, raising their shot at a Stanley Cup. Kane already has three of those under his belt, and he's hoping to get another in New York. Kane makes his Rangers debut this Thursday against the Ottawa Senators. WFUV's Community Dialogues is a program for frank discussion about race, racism, and racial justice. In this excerpt, WFUV's Jaya Joyce sat down with Joe Wiedehorn, President Emeritus of the Associated Medical Schools of New York. They discussed the organization's efforts to diversify the state's physician workforce. We've done a number of studies and we've reported on a number of studies that have shown that uh, in order to improve patient outcomes, one of the best things that one can do, particularly in under-resourced communities, is to have physicians who are of the same ethnic and racial background as the patients that they're seeing. And this is important because when People go to physicians who look like them, uh, speak the same language that they do, are from similar cultures uh, that they are from. They're more likely to listen to what the physician has to say. They're more likely to follow um, his or her treatment uh, suggestions. And they're, they're just more likely to follow through and then to come back for follow-up appointments and such. So can you tell me about these programs that the nonprofit runs? Sure. So we actually have been running programs to diversify the physician workforce since 1985. So we are not new in this. We've been doing this for many decades. And in 1985, our school started to run programs for high school students. And they would bring high school students into the medical school so that they could see what it would be like to be a physician. And then in 1991, we started our first post-baccalaureate program. That program and all of these programs um, are under the rubric of our diversity in medicine initiative so that they're all for students who are either underrepresented in medicine or come from under-resourced communities or school systems. I think the most important thing for people to know is that there are programs out there. If you, if you want to go to medical school, you, there are many, many programs out there that will help you. I know that recently the organization received a big funding increase. Can you talk to me about that increase and what it's enabled the organization to do? Sure, sure. I mean, this, this was just a terrific increase in funding. We were able, with this additional funding, we actually started our fifth post-bac program. And then we also started a program at Staten Island University Hospital for students. They go to the hospital and they're paired up with physicians and they learn how to do clinical research, which is really important for students these days. And these are medical students who are doing this. And then we also started five new programs and they are throughout the state. Two of those programs provide MCAT training for students. And then we also support a really innovative program at Downstate Medical School, which is in Brooklyn. And, you know, when people think 
about health disparities or the social determinants of health and what does an individual need in order to be healthy. And one thinks of people living in, you know, under-resourced communities. Well, unfortunately, given the high cost of living these days and the high cost of medical education, quite a few of our medical school students are really having a hard time surviving. So one of our programs actually pairs up students with a community resource center. And the community resource center helps these students navigate the social services system uh, that are out there to help them. That was WFEV's Jaya Joyce talking with Joe Wiederhorn from the Associated Medical Schools of New York. And that's our show for today. I'm Taylor Massetta. And I'm Maya Sargent. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFEV's What's What at WFEVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.